The following podcast is intended for general information and entertainment purposes only. It should not be substituted for professional medical or psychological advice. Before beginning or changing a treatment plan, please consult your local healthcare professional. Welcome. Welcome to Biopsychosocial. I'm Kayla. And I'm Jordan. A therapist. And a nurse. And we're back we're with back. episode two. Part two. Welcome. Oh. Again. I already said <laughs> Welcome that. back. Welcome back. Um, I'm very excited about this one. So this is, I'm going to be talking about um, satanic panic, which is like one of my favorite topics. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, and I also happen to be wearing under the sweatshirt, I'm wearing um, my shirt that says Black Phillip is my president, <laughs> which I got shortly after the 2016 elections um, from Etsy. That's and fantastic. It's, have you ever seen The Witch? No. The Witch? The Witch? Um, no. For, well, first of all, you should because it's a fantastic movie. But it's about like uh, ostracism, ostra uh, the ostracizing mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> of one family in a very puritanical community, like in the very early yeah. 1600s. This young woman, of course, of course, it's always a young woman, gets accused of being a witch because like some creepy witch comes out of the woods and like eats her brother or something. I don't know. But anyways, the goat. Who is named Black Philip is is Satan or something. I don't know. Sounds about right. And he, like, talks to her. <laughs> and he's like, live deliciously. That's so- not a bad motto, <laughs> considering it's coming from the goat. <laughs> I know goats eat anything, so. <laughs> they do. They're, like, a nice substitute for a lawnmower. It's true. Yeah. I've known some goats in my life. I nice. want a black goat named Wednesday Adams. I don't think oh, it's. Oh, you should get one. I don't think it's in the town ordinance that I can have one. Um, you could probably make an argument for it. I really want... I could put horns on the cats. That might be a better bet. <laughs> Clover already has... She doesn't have a horns, of course. Of course she But does. She, ha- she literally has these two bald spots right in front of her ears. <laughs> so I tell everyone that's where her horns came from. Not a Trap has ear tufts. Oh. Like a lynx. It's most part Maine Coon. Oh, that makes sense. His thumbs. He likes me. Yeah, he does. The other one does. <laughs> he, he, Hawkeye, he loves me, though. We're talking about our cats, by the way. Yeah. Um, Clover is my seven Ish. and a half mm-hmm. year old cat. She is a Torby. If if you are a cat lady, you know what that means. Mm-hmm. She's diabetic. <laughs> um, she has a rotten tooth. Nice. That's getting extracted this month. I have Hawkeye Pierce. He's 10. He's all black. Both my cats are all black because they are the least likely to be adopted. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye Pierce is, in my mind, British. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jordan and her husband, Brian, do voices for their cats. Yeah, we it's do. It's my favorite. Yeah, we do. It's it, it totally fits their personalities. Yeah, Hawkeye is really bougie, really fancy. Um, he'll eat anything, and including my hair, which was a very expensive bowel surgery. Oh, oh yeah. 
um, he had to wear a onesie afterwards, and it was freaking I adorable. That. Yeah, yeah, it was a week we were moving to. And Trapper John, he's five. He was born in a closet. Uh, one of my husband's co-workers found a pregnant cat, and now we have an open Aww. adoption. Um, bless her, she's a doll. Um, yeah, and Trapper has thumbs. He likes cords, which is why we're filming in my basement. Whatever, recording, whatever. <laughs> Wait, we're not recording? Why did I contour? <laughs> And that's our cats. Back to Satan, though. Yeah, back to Satan. Our, our, not our bro. Not a Satanist myself. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> I'm a congregationalist. <laughs> I'm a nothingist. <laughs> so, Satanic panic, man. I think I realized that what's really interesting to me about this, um, these cases, I should say, because this was like a widespread panic in the late 70s throughout the 80s. Mm-hmm is like the aspect of it that has to do with false or recovered memories, which mm-hmm. I think we should do an episode on. Yeah, we should. Like a, a whole episode on. All right, so let's get down to Bria's TX. I'm Satan. I'm Satan. <laughs> what do you think Satan would sound like? <laughs> Probably a really high-pitched voice, which, because that would be... <laughs> Do you, um, I don't know. I don't know what Satan would sound like. We're going, we're probably both going to hell, so we'll find out. I don't think, uh, I'm not going to get into my thoughts on hell. That's another show. (laughs) Did you, have you, oh, you're not on Twitter, but Satan has a Twitter. Does he really? Yeah, it's it's really fun. Um, And he keeps begging Twitter to give him the blue check mark. Oh, to legit, oh, that'd be funny. Because he's legit. He's really (laughs) Satan. Um, well, God also has a Twitter. Is it blue check marked? I think so. That's not fair, then. I don't understand. How do they know? Maybe What God- do you have to do to get a blue truck? I think check you mark. have to have, like, an article published or be in, like, a movie or something. I don't know. God was in it. Morgan Freeman! God yeah, maybe was it's in Morgan Freeman. Maybe it is. Weird. Anyway. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, satanic. Panic. 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 The accent is actually... Uh, appropriate because I'm taking you to Massachusetts today. Oh. So, I mean, not that much farther from us. We're in Connecticut. I don't have an easy pass. Oh, no. We got to pay the tolls. Um, okay. So, satanic ritual abuse mm-hmm. is what it's really called and what was the, really the fear back in the 80s. So, what is it? Well, I'm glad you asked. Yes. <laughs> it is physical and sexual abuse in the name of Satanism and the occult. It has roots in societal practices of othering different kinds of different groups of people. The concept goes all the way back to the accusations of blood libel against the Jews in 30 CE. So I had to look this up because I didn't know what that meant. Me either. And it has to do with Jews allegedly murdering Christian children in order to use their blood in rites and rituals. Oh boy. I've met a lot of Jewish people. They're very nice. Yeah. I, <laughs> I haven't met Hopefully any people that are using blood of any kind for some sort of ritual. All right. Well, it continues into the 16th century, of course, with the witch hunts. Mm. That happened first in England and then in New England, where we are. Well, of course, because we can't learn anything. No. And they had some of them happened in Connecticut, of course. Yeah. Uh, the, the murders, I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, a modern day, kind of modern day example would be McCarthyism. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. Um, or the Red Scare. Mm-hmm. Um, which might actually... Or the Pink might, Scare. 
Yes. Yeah, we were too. talking about that. On New Year's well, actually, I'm going to get to that. So, oh, cool. on no, a personal though, my um, my so my great grandmother is German. My great grandfather or was German, and my great grandfather was Italian. Oh. And during World War II, they had a uh, what is it called when you have to be home by a certain time. A curfew. curfew. They had a curfew. Mm-hmm. And their house, I think my grandmother said that their house was, like, ransacked because they wanted to see if they were, like, Nazi sympathizers. My grandmother was also, like, physically assaulted in school because she was German and Italian. So, um, I, she actually told me that after our lovely uh, Muslim ban, and that's why she was very against it because she's mm-hmm. like, this is just history repeating itself. I feel like it's... The group du jour, the group of people that they decided is right. other. Right. Whether it's Jews, Germans, Italians, Muslims, Irish. Right. It's somebody people new. of color. It's like something new. Yes, yeah, someone new. Oh, we've decided to, okay, they're fine, but have you? Right, exactly. Yeah. It's always going to be someone. Yeah, there always has when, to be In the be future, another. it's going to be people who don't have any, um, like, computer installments in their bodies <laughs> versus people who, do, people who are cyborgs. Yes. <laughs> Which I don't care. Just... Right. It's whatever makes you happy, man. As long just as you're not hurting anybody. Bar. It's not my business. No. Okay. Anyways. So, McCarthyism. Mm-hmm. What's where we left off. Yeah. So, an extreme version of the conspiracy of satanic ritual abuse would be... That children are being bought, abducted, and even bred for use in sacrifice, pornography, and prostitution. Which is fucked to think yeah. about. Although I'm I'm very sad to say that not very long ago it's well, it's been discovered that there are international like child pornography rings. Yeah. We know this is a very real yeah. thing. So this is probably based on some sort of reality. Although it's very out of control. Yeah, it's like fun it, to it, turn into a stare tactic. Right, it's not like it <laughs> It happens all the time with everybody. Mm-hmm. So, during the late 70s and 80s, poor nerdy kids playing Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> were accused of worshipping Satan. Aww. Because apparently that's how you play D&D. I don't know, I've never played it. No, I, I'm, I'm intrigued and I know people who play it right. and they're wonderful. I mean, yes. Yeah. It seems like, it's always seemed like a very fun and creative way to, like, spend time with your friends. Yeah. Because it's, for those of you who don't know, Dungeons and Dragons is a, a role-playing game. Yeah. And one person acts as what's called the dungeon master, and essentially they preside over, like, what the story is and where the characters go, and, like, all of the participants will create their own characters with individual sets of skills and stuff like that. So they all kind of work together to go through the story together. Um, Why are you going to be hating on the Dungeons and Dragons? It's totally kids. harmless. I know. But D&D was fairly new in the 80s. It came out in 1974. Mm-hmm. Uh, panic spread after the 1979 disappearance of James Dallas Egbert III. What a name. Oh. Who was a Michigan State University student and at just 16 years old. Good for so him. He was a freaking genius. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. And he played Dungeons and Dragons. So some believe that the game caused him to behave erratically, and he eventually ended up dying by suicide at 17 years old. Which, like, let's think about all of the other things that could have caused him to behave erratically. I mean, he was 16 and in college, and probably there on a scholarship, and keep your grades up. So much press. Yeah, at such a young age. Yeah. I mean, 18 is a young age. 18 is a young age to go to college. So 16 is even worse. A 1980 New York Times article I found about his death explains that police found 
I don't even know what this means. Geometrical shapes related to D&D in his room. Oh, the dice. But why don't they just say dice? I don't know. Well, because they're not square dice. They're, I went to a Dungeons and Dragons themed um, baby shower once. Interesting. Yes, I did. Um, And we had to put the dice on top of the cupcakes and the dice were weird shaped. All right. Because it was more than six sides. So like, like six, I don't know, 16? No, that's just, I just pulled that, that number yeah. out of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe they couldn't say dice in the report. You know, you have to say it appears to be, to be a blah, blah, blah. Specific. Yeah. So they believed he was playing a version of the game in a network of steam tunnels under the campus. What? There's steam tunnels under the campus? Uh, when I went, when I was an undergrad, mm-hmm. I won't, I won't share which universe, university I went to. Yeah. There were underground tunnels. Uh, the university I went to as well, there were, but that's. We weren't allowed to use them though, because they had a lot of like electrical components that you could like die if you touched. So you they could didn't use want the them li- at mine just because the weather was really extreme. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause y- you went. The, cl- the school you went to for undergrad, I went to for graduate school. No, it was a different school. Oh, 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 oh. But the, the same school that we went to also kind of had underground tunnels. There's like oh. at least one of them. That I didn't even know about. Well, now you do. Yeah. But and I, to- me and my classmates used to use them. Nice. It was creepy. So we would never go alone. Yes. But anyways. Um, so I'm wondering, so as they're saying, like, he played the game in underground tunnels, I'm wondering if maybe he was LARPing. Maybe. Which is live action role play. Mm-hmm. Which I got... <laughs> have you LARPed? I've not LARPed. Although, I have a couple interesting stories about that. So, for one, I was doing this school project after class hours, mm-hmm. but the buildings were unlocked. So, I was in one of the buildings, and these kids were LARPing, which is like, whatever. Cool. And I was walking by, and they were like save her she has and i was like please do not involve me <laughs> and this, i don't know what's going on i do not want to be larped i don't want to be larped <laughs> and second of all my friend rob when i was an under undergrad um he was so there were two warring larp teams in our school <laughs> i'm just having west side story <laughs> <laughs> so rob was in one of them obviously the good one because he was my friend and then there was another one See, this is how prejudice starts. <laughs> well, my friends in their LARP team. <laughs> Those LARPers. LARPing. So, <laughs> in 1982, a high school student, Irving Lee Pulling II, mm-hmm. died by a suicide. And his mom blamed Dungeons and Dragons. She formed a group called Bothered About Dungeons and Dragons. So, I'm assuming her name was Karen. <laughs> It's not a very forceful title, at least, like, mad mothers against drunk driving. <laughs> bothered sp- about Dungeons and Dragons. I'm bothered. I'm, I'm hot and bothered now. I'm just bothered. I mean, if something happened to your kid, you better be really pissed off. And I, that's fair. If something happens to your kid, I oh, look yeah. for anything. Please. Yeah, I understand. Anyway, Karen. So, Karen, my poor mother. My mother's name is Karen. I know. And I Karen did nothing wrong. No, and she's lovely. <laughs> so the game was also blamed after the 1984 strangulation of teenager Mary C. Towie by two young men. I don't know what the link is. Mm. The CDC reported no established link between the games and violence. Shocker. Well, no. This has been a debate forever. Like, it, nowadays, it's school shooters and violent video games, which there's no established no. between. 
So of course, I don't know why I added this because I didn't really find any articles about it, but I said, of course, metalheads were also accused of worshiping Satan. But I think that's just like generally. Because they look different. Yeah, they were a lot of black. Freaking, I love metalheads too. So many of them are just so chill. (laughs) They're very nice people. Like leave metalheads and their dyed black hair alone. (laughs) (laughs) Let them listen to, what do they listen to? Like slayers? Slayer. Corn, no, not corn. If you're dedicated <laughs> enough to dye your hair black, which is a commitment, it's because you cannot get rid of that. So back to your um, pink slip scare, or your pink pink or scare. Pink scare, <laughs> pink lavender slip. scare, I can't remember. It's one of those light colors. Um, I watched a whole documentary on it, too. So there was also the Save Our Children campaign. Of course. Um, which was pushed back against legislation in Florida. Well, it started with that, that banned discrimination against individuals for sexual orientation in the area of housing, employment, and public accommodations, as well as adopting children. I remember, I watched, did you ever see the movie Milk? Who? Movie Milk? A long time ago, yes. Yeah, this was during all that. Harvey Milk Mm -hmm. came into office, and at the same time, this was happening in Florida, and it was Anita Bryant's fall, blah, blah, blah. Yes, Anita Bryant, I said... Oh, led by conservative Christian Karen before Karen was a thing. (laughs) Anita Bryant. (laughs) She sold orange juice. Maybe she's a Carol instead. I don't know. Do you Um, think it's making her mad that we're talking about it, drinking orange juice with a lot of champagne in it? Yes, I hope so. Cheers. Um, She claimed that this was religious persecution somehow. Mm. Like what people do between the sheets is none of your fucking business, Anita. So I found a button as I was researching her, uh, um, like a pin, that said, Anita Bryant sucks oranges. (laughs) They're really so clever. (laughs) She was a spokeswoman for the Florida Citrus Commission. Yes, she was. And nowadays, even presently, she's frequently portrayed in drag shows, which is like the ultimate clap clap back. Do people still say that? Shade. Shade. (laughs) So that brings us to our topic at hand today, mm-hmm. which is the Fells Acres Daycare Center scandal. This took place in Malden, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. So not too far from, wait, wow. actually kind of far from us. So Malden is north of Boston. Okay. In about 1966, mm-hmm. Violet Amaral, I think that's how you pronounce their name, founds the Fells Acres Daycare Center after the children's father leaves them. Um, she has a son, Gerald, and a daughter, Cheryl, which just sounds really confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Gerald and Cheryl. It's oh, like that's my grandmother. A- Carol, Kayla, Karen. Whatever family your does that. You over here. <laughs> red shirt. I used to say that when I worked at the camp. Hey, red shirt. And they would, they would respond. Mm-hmm. All right. So Cheryl teaches at her mother's preschool, as does Gerald's wife, Patty. And Thank Gerald. God, she doesn't have a rhyming name. <laughs> What would a rhyming name be? Gerald, Cheryl, Meryl? Meryl. <laughs> Beryl. Beryl. That's a name. It was on what not to wear. Oh. They dyed her hair pink. It looked good. Good for her. Yeah. Um. So Gerald does odd jobs. He's not a teacher. Mm-hmm. Well. But in 1983, this is really cute. Cheryl marries Al Lafave, and she invites all of her preschool students and their parents. Oh, that's To cute. the wedding. And it's featured in the Boston Herald. Oh. Harold, hey! <laughs> <laughs> Gerald, Cheryl, the Boston Herald. So, as you or our listeners may know, 
In March of 1984, the McMartin preschool case, or trial, I should say, begins in California and lasts for 30 months. So the McMartin preschool case was a little boy's mother Mm -hmm. accused one of the teachers, whose name was Ray Bucky, of sexually assaulting her son. And pretty much everybody involved, uh, Ray, his sister Peggy, and their mother Virginia, who founded the preschool, mm-hmm. were made to undergo this trial. And it turns out in the end that the, the mother who accused Ray of doing this was a paranoid schizophrenic. And oh. so, although she probably believed what she was saying, it was mm-hmm. not true. None of it was true. Um, and it, the w- accusations were absolutely wild. The trial, I don't know, did I already say this? The trial lasted for 30 months and it cost the taxpayers $15 million in 1984. Wow. So imagine what that is in today money. In 1990, all charges were dismissed with jurors at, jurors at the retrial stating that they felt as though the children's testimony had been coaxed. So they were basically like, hey, this is bullshit. Let these people go. Mm-hmm. I should also say that after the mother accused Ray Bucky of this, the way the police handled it was absolute bullshit. So they came, they had this like, uh, or no, they sent out a letter to all of the parents and were like, there were 200 parents, I think, that they sent these letters to. And they were like, question your children about these specific things. Oh, so a letter Question your kids about stuff. Right. So they wanted to question the kids about very specific things. So essentially, like, sit your kid down and be like, hey, did someone rape you? Like, very specific. Yeah. So they were acquitted in, or they were dismissed in 1990. So flash forward from California to Massachusetts in September of 1984. Mm -hmm. About. About. Uh, Four-year-old child who is just called MC. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, wets himself during his nap and Gerald assists in changing him, which is really common. I mean, I've worked in after school programs and I worked at a summer camp and parents will pack extra clothes because yeah. they know that there's, especially for the younger kids. Yeah, stuff happens. Right. But they get in, even if they're potty trained, they get into play. Exactly. Yeah. They act, they have accidents. It sure. happens. Um, so apparently the boy's parents were having marital issues at the time. And it's believed that he was regressing behaviorally and emotionally because of this. So bedwetting, baby talk, Which lying, happens. hostility. Yeah. Right. That's, that was his way of coping as yeah. a four-year-old. Although bedwetting can happen for a million different reasons. Right. I mean, at four years old, you don't necessarily, you're not potty trained You're barely potty trained. Right. Yeah. I know <laughs> I had to be conned into being potty trained <laughs> when I was in preschool because I was told that I wasn't allowed to have recess because I was a baby who was still in diapers. <laughs> I took forever. So I potty trained real yeah. quick. <laughs> I wanted to be a big kid. Yeah. You are a big kid. Now. I am a big kid, <laughs> damn it. So during a visit with an uncle who is who also happened to be a therapist, mm-hmm. um, MC was caught in sexual play and his uncle rightfully became concerned and questioned him. Mm-hmm. Because whenever a child engages in, like, sexual role play with other children, mm-hmm. it's, it can, it's very concerning. It's, like, very high potential that they're acting out sexual abuse that they've experienced. Really? Yes. Among other things uh, that can be symptoms of sexual... But actually, um, the bedwetting, which mm-hmm. is diagnostically called enuresis, can mm-hmm. be a... Um, a symptom of, of sexual abuse. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. Essentially, I'm wetting myself so that I don't get It's a deterrent. Assaulted. Yeah. Right. It's because I smell bad, I'm wet, whatever, which is horrible to think mm-hmm. about. But 
it's, you know, this is what happens. So after being questioned, oh, I'm sorry. He initially made no allegations, Mm -hmm. but later in the summer, he told his uncle, Jared pulled, or Gerald pulled my pants down, which is true. Technically, he helped him change after he peed his pants. Mm -hmm. Um, So after being questioned, I'm assuming by parents and the therapist uncle, MC alleges that Gerald takes him to a secret room with a bed and golden trophies and sexually abuses him. At this point, his parents call the police and social services. Fair. Makes sense. Yeah. Right? They did the right thing. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like if, if a child told me, hey, so-and-so sexually abused me, I'd probably go to that person's house and beat the shit out of them. So they That's, did the right thing. Yeah, they did the right thing. This is a very emotional thing. Yeah, of course. Police shut down the school and gathered parents to a meeting, suggesting that the parents question their own children about these specific allegations. So very similar to what we see in the McMartin preschool case. Mm-hmm. Police explain the common symptoms of sexual abuse, such as bedwetting, nightmares, etc. So kind of like symptoms of PTSD that we see in children. Yeah. So the nightmares, the um, flashbacks, that kind of thing, avoidance. This is the key. They tell the parents that they should not believe their children if they say they're not being abused. Okay, they had me right up until So, that like, what the yeah. fuck is the point? Yeah, what's the point of asking your kid? So, after finding her underwear turned inside out, another girl, um, just called HM, her parents questioned her specifically about a secret or magic room. Mm-hmm. And she reports seeing a clown in the basement. Like, who hasn't? Everyone's afraid of clowns. Yes. They're terrible. And so she reports seeing a clown in the basement and seeing the clown's penis. <laughs> what do you think? There's nothing scarier than that. What do you what do you think a clown penis looks? I don't wanna know. <laughs> I feel it look like it looks like a balloon. <laughs> it's just a balloon. <laughs> I'm just thinking that episode of Sex in the City where Samantha Dyes her pubic hair. Oh, jeez. You- yeah, so it's it's got like dyed pubic hair in a balloon. <laughs> I'm trying not to think about it. <laughs> Gross. Ew. Um, so she sees the clown penis and uh, Cheryl's pubic hair. And she says that Cheryl tickled her all over. Oh. Um, so after her allegations, her parents question, other parents question their own children about the secret or magic room. Um, it's also important to note that at this time, there was a $15 million settlement against the daycare through the insurance company. So it, was a, it started with MC. Yeah. And not to say that the parents shouldn't have been concerned, yeah, but there should. was also money up for grabs. I think it's it's fair to point that out. Yeah. So at this point, a full investigation takes place on Gerald, Cheryl, <laughs> Patty, and Violet, which I kept typing as violent. <laughs> Children never directly accuse the Emeralds unless they're uh, persistently asked by police or parents. The ADAs consult with McMartin prosecutors, so Mm -hmm. they, you know. Pediatric nurse Susan Kelly performed forensic interviews, which have been construed as leading. When children give the right, quote-unquote, right answer, they're praised, and when they give the, quote-unquote, wrong answer, they are treated coldly or ignored. So one of my classes, we, so we have to essentially learn when we are becoming therapists, how to talk to children yeah. about being abused because we're mandated reporters. We yeah. have to get all of the information and it's very, very important that you do not lead them. No. Or ask them leading questions. No. And my professor that taught us about this was a forensic interviewer. Um, so she knew her stuff. Yeah. And you have to be very 
direct. You have to be very direct and very vague. Yeah. So if somebody's, oh, I was with my uncle the other day and he hurt me. Well, that doesn't sound very fun. What do you mean by he hurt you? And you're praying inside that you don't hear that they're being abused. And yeah. they're saying like, oh, he he shot me with a Nerf gun. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. that wasn't a good idea. But he zipped up my shirt and caught my, my hair. And I, right, exactly. Yeah. Because, and that's why you don't lead, right? Because it could be any number of things. Children have a very limited vocabulary to express what they mean. So I found this website run by this fellow named Bob Mm Chattel, who has a very comprehensive history and timeline Mm -hmm. of this case. And I'm going to include it in the show notes in case anyone wants to look up more. I'm very grateful to him. He's very um, pro exoneration for these people and for what it's worth so am i so this is a direct quote from his website he says children readily admit to rehearsing their testimony much of which is which is quite incredible children say that they had told their teachers about going into the magic room but no teacher had ever heard of such a room and no such a room was ever found one child testifies being attacked by a robot with flashing lights that talked like R2-D2. Another claims to have been abused by an elephant. One child says that he has been hung upside down from a tree and forced to eat white pills. The same child claims that Gerald had raped him with a thick pointed stick that looked like a gun. A boy claims that Gerald took him away to a secret room in a magic room in another house while other children took naps. All of the teachers deny under oath that Gerald had ever taken a child from the classroom. Another child witness insists that the secret room and the magic room are on the school's premises and that she had been improperly touched by a quote-unquote bad clown. Seventeen teachers and teachers' aides testified that they had seen no evidence of abuse at Fells Acres, that no child ever shied away from Gerald, and that no child who had left their class for any reason ever returned extremely upset, and that they had never heard anyone at Fells Acres ever mention a secret room or a magic room. And for what it's worth, this place had been in operation from 1966 to 19, what is this, 84, and there have never been any complaints. And these people are held in very high esteem in the community. Not that that necessarily means means anything. anything. Yeah. But it's important to note, I think, again. Um, So Elizabeth Loftus, who is a psychologist and a founding board member of the False Memory Syndrome Foundation and the author of The Myth of Repressed Memory, said that the motifs in the Felsacre's case involving a clown in a magic room are common to many cases, and she felt as though they were products of suggestion. So she warned that the people making these accusations were well-meaning, but they incorrectly believed that many people were harboring repressed memories, which is a very controversial topic in psychology. Extremely. Like I said, I want to do an episode on repressed repressed memories. It's like a black mark in the history of counseling and psychology. Really? um, Because it caused a lot of harm to a lot of people. And it's also... Okay, I'll get to this. So I feel awful for these kids, can I just say? They went through the freaking ringer. I know. And... For what? For what? Yeah. They don't gain anything from this, arguably. In a study led by Loftus and her colleague Stephen Ceci at Cornell University, they were able to convince children aged three to six that they had gotten their hands stuck in a mouse trap and had been rushed to the emergency room when this did not occur. I believe it. 
She also stated in a Washington Post article that I read, how many demonstrations do people need before they stop saying kids can't be led? What about the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus? True. So there was very obviously no hard evidence here to convict any of the Amaralds. No evidence of a magic room, no photos, no videos. Nothing. Parents insisted that there was physical evidence of abuse. Some of the children had vulvitis, vaginitis, and one of the girls had a small tear in her hymen. Which can... Can be freaking anything. anything. Yeah. You can... Your hymen can break from, like, riding a horse or a bike. True. Or you using a tampon. On that. No, not even. And people think the hymen is a sheet. It's, they think mm-hmm. of it as a sheet, and it's not, and it's different on everybody. Right. Some women are born without a hymen. Uh, true. Um, myth of a hymen, upcoming episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, apparently one child had, quote-unquote, well-heeled anal fissures, which sounds like a good name for a band. <laughs> And anal fissures, it, it could be a low fiber diet. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know anything about anal fissures. <laughs> it's basically, it's little tiny rips in the anus. Oh, okay. Get a little blood on the toilet paper when you're going to the bathroom. Oof. Yeah. One of those. Gerald was tried in 1986 and Violet and Cheryl were tried jointly in 1987. Stop calling her Violet. Did I say Violet? Yes. Violet. Violet. So the, when the children gave testimony in both cases, they were sat directly in front of the jury facing them in such a way that the defendants could see them, but the children could not see the defendants. This was said to have been done to reduce trauma, but Mm -hmm. the Amaralds used it to appeal their case, stating that they did not have the constitutional right to to confront their accusers. True. So that they couldn't, you know, you know how like people have to go to court and they say, can you please identify? Yeah. You know. They weren't able to do that. Um, and that's our constitutional right in the United States of America. The jury deliberated for 64 and a half hours, Jeez. which is a Massachusetts record. Wow. Gerald was convicted of 19 counts of child molestation and received 30 to 40 years. Violet <laughs> and Cheryl were convicted on 10 counts wow. and received 8 to 20 years. In 1995, Violet and Cheryl both successfully appealed their cases and were released. But in 1997, the Supreme Court vacated the order for a new trial and reinstated the conviction, stating that the defendant did not adequately prove that a miscarriage of justice occurred. What the fuck? Eventually, after appeals, the lower court, a lower court judge released both women later in 1997. Mm-hmm. Violet... <laughs> Really trying to enunciate here. <laughs> the tip of the tongue, the teeth, the lips. Violet died shortly thereafter from complications due to cancer. She was elder- elderly at the She point. was elderly at that point. So the Board of Pardons recommended in 2001 that Gerald's sentence be commuted. Mm-hmm. But then Governor Jane Swift rejected the recommendation. He was finally released in 2004, 18 years after his conviction. Wow. His accusers stand by their stories. So that is Fells Acres in Satanic Panic. It's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. It, it's a lot of like, I feel very like, not on the fence about this, because it's pretty clear that there was no evidence that these people were doing anything sinister. Mm-hmm. But like, I can also understand on the other side, the emotions that were happening for parents that of felt course. as though something had happened to their children. So it's like a lose-lose for everybody. Mm-hmm. 
And you, you always want to believe. You want to believe. You want to believe these kids, of course. Yeah, and you want to validate what happened to them, of course. But this is why on these cases now. Well, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. No. But we're we're looking at like DNA evidence. Mm-hmm. We're looking at yeah. that kind of stuff, and not just like testimony or hearsay. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can sit. Not that a four year old would do this, but you could sit on the stand and lie. Yeah. Even though you're not supposed to, but you could if you wanted to. Yeah, it's... Who knows? But yeah, fucked up all around for everybody. It's fucking me out because it's an appropriate sentence. If it was... If it was true, true, it's an appropriate appropriate. sentence. And we're finding inappropriate sentences for... And similar crimes that we're able to... I feel like part of it, because one of the similarities in between this and the McMartin preschool case is is the the accused were both males who were, were taking care of children. So we have that prejudice there. Yeah. Males can't be caregivers. Yeah. That's what um, On the Basis of Sex talked about. Mm. Did you see that? No, I didn't. It was really good. Um, It was with RBG, right? Yeah. Yeah. With Bader Ginsburg. Our girl. Yeah. Um, And the case was they weren't going to give a man who was taking care of his mother um, the caregiver stipend. Because men apparently can't. Right, because men can't be nurturing, right? No, and I, I and it's ridiculous because I've seen men be the outstanding caregivers. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I work with a bunch of male therapists who are mm. absolutely wonderful, but that's the reason why your um, field and my field are both saturated with women, with because women, yeah, because for a while it was you know the There's, only job women right could do outside the home. You can teach, right. you could be a nurse. Um, and it's kind of become like a social norm to ridicule men in yeah. caregiving positions, which is which is like what do, what do you expect them to be doing when they're dads? Right, which, <laughs> that's a, a whole other thing. You know, it was seen. You know, the dad was a disciplinarian that came home at the end of the day, but thankfully, that's right. It changed. changed. Yeah, even in the eighties, it was different. Yeah, like that's kind of when it it started when we. Mm-hmm. We're born. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad was really active. We're elderly. Elderly. We're old. Um, yeah, no, but so it is. It's like a prejudice against guys caregiving. And that would deter other men from going exactly. into a caregiving role. And it's also, because um, this wasn't the only case. There were several no. uh, throughout the country at the time. But this is also, if, for those of you who have ever worked in child care mm-hmm. uh, fields, jobs, um, it's also why there's like really intense... Not panic so much, but the people are very cautious about even hugging children. Yeah. There are like extra rules in place yeah. to make sure there are no act, which is messed up. Like kids want to hug you. Yeah. You know? I mean it's a normal thing. Yeah. <laughs> um in my in my faith community, which is another um site of abuse, uh, right. churches come under fire. And I'm not com- commenting on that. I am not Catholic. Um Something called safe church. Okay. Um, you can't be alone with a child. Right. Kids can't. Right. Yeah, which is which is a great thing to be to be mindful of. Yeah, right. can't be alone with a child. Um, all doors have to be locked when kids mm. are in a classroom. Background check on everybody yes. because it wasn't regulated for so right. many years. It was just assumed if you're part of a faith community, you're all right. Right. Yeah, but there you could be certified as this as a safe church. 
Wow, okay. You didn't know that? No, I didn't know that, but that's a very good thing. Yeah. You also, whenever you work with children, you have to be cleared through DCF or what is it called in other states? CPS, uh, Child Protective Services in Connecticut. It's the Department of Children and Families. So you have to be cleared through them. Really? You have to have your fingerprints taken. I've never worked primarily yeah. with children. And you also, know, I did clinical uh, rotation with kids. Work. But if you come in contact with children professionally, you're a mandated reporter as yeah. well. So well, I'm a mandated reporter. Right. Um, people over 65, so yep. te- elderly, technically, and uh, people with developmental disabilities. Yeah. yeah. So we, and that's great because there's so many eyes on these vulnerable people mm-hmm. so that they can get help when they don't have a voice. Right. But unfortunately, in this case, it was, like, misappropriated. Right. It's like, and things have flown under the radar so many times. Right. And what happened may or may not be true, which you could say for anything. Right. But, yeah. It's just shit all the way around. But I'm glad Gerald is out of prison. They He's have back to home. be old. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, on a lighter note, what are your New Year's resolutions? Let's change gears. New Year's resolutions. What are yours? I got to think. All right, all right, all right. Mine are uh, eat healthier, mm-hmm. get organized. Ooh. Um, I had another one, but I can't remember now. Mine is, I don't, I, I can't think of it because I had it a week ago. Um, and there's one I don't want to say on the air. Um, right. <laughs> make myself a priority. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody take care of yourself. Yeah. Before you take care of other people. Oh, I thought of the hard and fast one. I want to apply to be on a medical mission. Yes. Yes. You're going to go to where? Africa. Africa. I want to go to Africa. Whereabouts? Um, you know, I've looked I'm I've looked online. Uh, I'm trying to explore different programs. I'm looking at pricing. I'm looking at length. I don't want to go for a longer than a couple of longer than 10 to 14 days. Okay, yeah. Just because of my job, I really don't want to leave for much longer than that. Um, I'm open to going anywhere. I feel eventually I I would love to go to all continents, um, Mm. but I feel a a pull to go to Africa. Okay. Could be my love of elephants. (laughs) You're just going to be a missionary. You're going to convert some elephants. (laughs) No, not like, no, a medical mission. Oh. I don't, yeah, it's a medical <laughs> mission. No, I would go there as a nurse. Um, no, you go there as a nurse and work in a clinic. Oh, like Doctors Without Borders. Yeah. Okay. Except not a doctor. A nurse. Yes. Nurses Without Borders. Nurses Without Borders. Nurses with Elephants. <laughs> Actually, my faith community did say they would indeed support me in That's this, awesome. too. Yeah, they're a very supportive bunch of people. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that I want to start applying. I think I have to get some brutal vaccinations for yeah. it, but that's okay. But the world will be better for it. Oh, thanks, Bob. So that's episode two. Yeah. Satanic panic in the McMartin. No, no, not the McMartin preschool case. The Fells Acres daycare case. Um, and we're going to take it up later on eventually with recovered memories, I think, yes. which is very much related and absolutely fascinating. And hymens. And hymens. <laughs> we're going to talk hymens. Might be a short episode, <laughs> but sure. <laughs> So thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, leave a five-star review, share with your family, your friends, your pets, your pets, your yoga instructor, your therapist, your dentist, your nurse, your mom. Yeah. We love you. We love you. Bye. Take care and make good choices.